live. Hello. Good evening, my fellow Americans. It was a wonderful, <sighs> incredible drive with the Secret Service from Mar-a-Lago to this terrible crap hole of a town called Plantation. It's a terrible town when you think about it. The name Plantation, it really signifies the problems in this country. And of course, it's all Democrat. So that's the big problem. Mm, that's the problem. So, yes, you, I hear you've started up your media circus again. Are you not introducing me? Introduce the Don, me. Here's the Donald. Great to be with you, folks. <laughs> Remember to hit that like button, subscribe, share, do all those wonderful things that get everyone on the channel. It's really great. It's been a great 24 hours since my incredible announcement. I'm coming to save America again. We're going to make America strong again. We're going to make America feared again. We're going to make America respected again. We are going to make America loved again. We, I, we're, we we're, were never loved. We're I'm, not loved. I'm talking. Right. We're going to make America great again. Again. You may continue. Um, yeah, we, we've not been those things. So I, I don't see what we we're, haven't what been we're those things to. until I became president. And then Sleepy Joe took it away and the Democrats have made it worse. But there is good news. The GOP just won the House. We should have won the Senate. But we know it was rigged, so we totally won it anyway. And now I'm running again, again. And we're going to win. So uh, Nancy Pelosi won't be uh, in the news all the time then, I'm assuming, right? That'll be better. That should be an improvement. It's really terrible because I thought she was a formidable opponent. She's stolen as much money as I have, so I totally thought she would <laughs> definitely understand what it's all about to loot the Treasury. But now she's not there. And who are the Democrats going to put up as their minority? Oh, it, well, maybe she'd be the minority because she is... But she's totally not a minority, so she totally can't fill that role. So we've got to find another minority. Hey, well, what minority. I, yeah. So our friend Osiris wants to know what you think of DeSantis. I think <laughs> he is a total ingrate of a human being. I made him who he is. He never thanked me properly. He never kissed the ring, and he never called, and he didn't even have the decency to show up at Mar-a-Lago last night to celebrate my announcement of running for president again. I would say that you're, maybe are you doing this now to sort of like usurp him, sort of steal the thunder because everyone's been talking about him. You can't have that. I think the governor has done a decent job, but he's only done a decent job because I allowed him to get there. He has totally copied me in so many ways. Have you seen how much weight he's put on? He's a really bloated mm. individual now. He must be on the McDonald's diet. It's People totally in glass houses. One. I've broken every glass house. I'm going to continue to break them. And I've got so much dirt on that no good ingrate of a governor. And if he gets out of line, he's going to be in a lot of trouble. Believe me when I tell you. Yeah, we were just talking I've about that, Mario. Goods. At least Pelosi's not speaker. Anymore. I've got the goods on DeSantis, DeSanctimonious, oh, DeSatan. Oh, God. Just so terrible. That's his new name. Just so terrible. I don't hate him. I totally hate him. He doesn't appreciate what I've done for him. That might be true. He should wait his turn. Everybody waited their turn when Hillary ran. 
except Bernie. He was a smart guy. Totally a socialist, but totally a smart guy. He understood the American people didn't want him. I know you always had a certain respect for Bernie. I we agreed on trade. We agreed on a number of things. We just didn't agree on who was the man. I was the man. He wasn't. And, and I noticed that you were never particularly mean to him ever. Like you would call him like names, but nothing mean. I feel bad for Bernie. He just doesn't understand. No. He was never greedy. He never took advantage of the system. But he got really mean and he called me a racist and a sexist and a massage. All these terrible names, Jen, terrible names. I would just go with narcissist. I am a stable genius. You can call me that. I'm a, you're allowed to call me that. That, okay. Yeah, that's what you are. Believe me, I am. Do <laughs> so, you have any real questions? I would, like to kn- I would like to know, why do you think this is going to be different for you if you were to run again? Why do you think you would get a different result in this election? To be fair, we've made some mistakes over the past mm-hmm. couple of years. No, I admit it. We've All made right. a couple of mistakes. I have a new strategy. It's the America First strategy and only the America First strategy. We're going to talk about really important issues that are really affecting everyday America. So we're done denying the 2020 election. We're on to the new the new scam. No, it was totally rigged, but I'm not going to talk about it anymore because now it's on to 24. OK, but what makes you think that that won't be rigged? Because I'm going to have as many people at the polls. We're going to have lots of wonderful people watching the ballots and mark paper ballots. It's a wonderful idea. Where are you having that? Everywhere. Who's having hand? No. Where is anybody having hand counted paper ballots? This is what we're calling for. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. That's anything. what you're calling for. I'm totally calling for it. Believe me. Yeah. Totally calling for it. Sure. You want to get rid of the machines. I totally want to get rid of the machines. Okay. And the only people who can count the votes are people that I handpicked. Oh, there it is. OK. In there which we go. case... Everything will be fine. Yeah, everything will be fine. Believe me, it'll be fine. But it's going to be a lot different this time, and I'll tell you why. I'm glad you asked. So now that I have a chance to talk, because you won't stop. So here's how it's going to be. We're making America great again, again, because as you have all seen over the last couple of years, this administration has done a terrible job on inflation, on jobs, on foreign policy, and they've done a really terrible job at protecting insider trading. They allowed it to become a big story. And now the American people understand that Congress cheats them and they're not going to do anything about it. You could have been impeached on the emoluments clause. And that's essentially insider trading. So I don't know what you're talking about. If they were smart enough, they would have impeached me on that. But they can't do it because as much as I'm the bad guy, they're badder guys. And the batter guys always lose. I am just exposing the system. You do understand that that is my job. You should be in prison. I should totally be on top of the hill. Uh-huh. And I will be again in two short years. Yeah. Unless that Ron de Sanctimonious, de so terrible, does not get out of the way. He's the only person who can stop me, to be honest. No one else is getting in the way. No one else is going to win except me. I'm a really great, incredible person who's going to do a great job if I get there again. And as I said last night, we are going to deal with the insider trading. We need term limits. Term limits would be wonderful. We don't need career politicians living on the hill all the time. I know people think I'm a politician, but I'm really just a guy playing a role as one. I'm a much better person than Uh. politicians. And as much as people hate me, remember, Jen, they hate D.C. politicians even more than me. Well, that is true. 
That's the only way that you've been able we to get finally, where you get. We finally agreed on something. That's great. You see, we're, we're already working together. <laughs> we're, make, we're bringing America together one person at a time. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are also going to deal with this really terrible health care system we have in this country. We're going to call it Trump Care. It's going to be five-star health care for everybody. So that'll sort of be like <clears throat> Trump University, but but a health care system instead of an education system. It should work like that, maybe. You're going to learn how to make money. You're going to learn how to be successful. And once you enjoy it, you're going to be successful too. And if you want health care, you're going to get it. And that's the Trump way. Very important we talk about energy. This Green New Deal, this socialist color. Well, green is your favorite color. Green is my favorite color, but not when it comes to energy. My favorite color is black when it comes to energy. Clean coal, yeah. Pure oil. We have to drill for oil. We're so gonna, you support fracking? Oh, of course I support so, fracking. So then, we need energy independence. So let's talk about how um, my friend John Fetterman did. Look. He, yeah, I mean, he does support fracking. So there you go. He's your guy, right? Look, I can't help it if Frankenstein ultimately was able to win <clears> in Pennsylvania. Dr. Oz had no business running. He lied to me. He told me he was a Pennsylvania resident. He really was from New Jersey. I live in New Jersey, not Dr. Oz. He told me his palatial palatial mansion was technically in the Pennsylvania border. It was really New Jersey. He was a terrible person. He lied to me about that. He didn't deserve to win. That's the truth. Uh And I always tell the truth, believe me. That's what you do. Okay. So is there anything else you want to say before we like do this if you haven't gone to trump24.org go there sign up become a volunteer donate your money because i need more of it and make sure you get on the phones you start texting people telling them how we're going to make america great again again it's going to be great and i'm going to be in the news for the next two years oh we could count on that oh they're totally going to talk about me they may not act like they want to talk about me now. That's what narcissists do. They have to constantly keep the media circus going. Yes, but you see, the great thing about me is that I'm much like an STD. I'm always going to come back. I'll always be back. You think you can get rid of me, but you totally can't get rid of me. I'm coming back. We're all coming back. We're going to make America great again, again. Because clearly, President Sleepy Joe Biden... Nancy Pelosi and all of these other terrible Democrats are in the way. They are running this country into the ground and we're going to turn it around. Did you like that? that was I good. did. That was really good. It was great. So for all of you out there, oh, yeah. I hope you enjoy. Make sure you get involved. We need as much help as we can get. I'm going to be stopping by a lot of these wonderful shows over time. I want to see Peter and another secular talk video. Did you do a secular talk video? Apparently, I am. Who are you talking about? Did you did did he do a secular talk video? I don't know who you're talking about. Because I sure hope he got paid for it. Oh, there's one person I do want to call out right now since Mm. we're since we're talking right now. And this Mm. is very important. Girly Mike Fettuccini, if you make another (laughs) terrible video about me, I'm totally when I become president again and I'm totally becoming president again, I'm going to test a bombs in Oregon. You're totally asking for it. Mike Fitch. <laughs> you are a really, really terrible person. And you think just because <laughs> they passed the Marriage Equality Act that you're equal to me now? No, you're totally not. You're totally not equal to me. 
even if you can get married. And I love the gays. They're really great. A lot of them donate to me. They're really oh. great people. But totally not a great person is <laughs> Mike Fettuccini. He is a terrible, terrible person. Okay. He made a really you- terrible video. But a lot of other people made some really great videos talking about how great I am. And I am great. Yeah, you're, you're great. Believe me. Believe me. Okay. So with that said, great to see you. All of you get in there and support me. And if you do not plan on voting for me, don't worry this time. I'll appreciate, I will totally forgive you if you right the wrongs of the past. You hey, Rob. You may not voted for me before. Fuck you're our gonna, friend, fire-breathing Rob. You're totally going to, I am talking. I know, and I'm so tired of it. Can you please you're go? You're totally going to vote for me this time, <laughs> believe me. Make America great again. Again. I, I'm, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> Uh, go back. So how was that? Was that fun for you? I think hey. I, I think I kind of did it in a way. Mario, only the second it. half of that ticket is worth a crap. Don't go there. I am sure I'm telling you, trust me on this one. Yeah. Anyway, so were you on secular talk? No. Okay. Cause somebody said, I want Peter to go back on secular talk. And I think if you are on secular talk, I sure hope you got paid. Uh, well, <laughs> Hey Kyle, if you're seeing this, um, did you? Like Kyle doesn't watch. Did show. you record me or something? Well, I mean, maybe we'll get. Never mind. They won't give us any credit or any links or anything. I assure you. <laughs> Man, even dirtbag leftists is onto it. It's like, I don't know. It's just I think the more the country just gets frustrated. Uh, Donald, please join us on YouTube. Anybody who's on Facebook, join us on YouTube. Get in on the conversation. This is where the fun's at. It's really great. So. I mean, I watched the speech. I thought he. I did not. He is a. He is nothing like he once was in terms of his energy level. In terms of, he just seems like, age is exponential. Well, it, it is. is. I mean, the guy's in his mid seventies. Right. Right. Like, you really think that? These, and he's not in good shape. No, like, he's he not. He's horrible. in terrible shape. Yeah. He doesn't take care of himself. No, he looks gross. You know, the only thing that DeSantis really has going for him, because DeSantis doesn't look like he's in good shape, is the fact that DeSantis is only forty-four. You know, you got to remember that, you know, father time, it'll get you every time. And in the case of Trump, it looks like it's getting him. I don't know. how. And the fact that he's announced so early and thinks that he's just going to keep this up. A lot of people think he announced early, yes, to stave off the competition, but at the same time, also to stave off any of the legal hassles that are continuing to haunt him. I think he just can't handle not being the center of attention. And I think that there's people like that on both sides of the aisle. I think there's people that run for all sorts of personal vanity reasons. He just cannot not be the center of the universe. No. And and the truth is, his favorite part of anything of that job was the campaigning. He doesn't really want to be president. He no. wants to always be traveling around and doing one-line zingers. And he wants to basically be like a political stand-up that travels around the country and just riles people. He doesn't actually want to do anything. But he just has to be the center of attention. I personally don't give him any. Um, it. I didn't watch that. I wouldn't watch that. Um, I don't have, an, like, I feel like the older I get, I really have to allocate brain matter, you know, judiciously. And I'm not spending it on that. And uh, are we, do we have people coming on at nine? Yes. Okay, because I want to talk about the meeting last night. We could talk about it with them. You don't think so? Oh, we can. I mean, we can, but it's just more of a thing where you and I reporting what we saw and what happened. It's not really something that that I would. So there's Jen, no reason to get opinions. Well, of course. So Jen and I went to the. Well, you know what? Uh, what do you think? Five, ten minutes tops. 
I don't know. I, I don't know. And I, and I, I have to do, like be mocking this thing. And it's just the lunacy of this, you people. I, we went to the Broward DEC meeting last night for the first time, probably since Jen was a candidate. Uh, and even then, I went very, very infrequently. And needless to say, nothing's changed. In, well, no, actually, let me take that back. <laughs> it has changed. It's gotten worse. Right. I, I went yesterday and it was pretty much what I expected. I was somewhat, I kind of thought, okay, maybe there's a small chance that they'll have some sense of self-awareness, this post-mortem from them getting thrashed in Florida and all this stuff. And, and they have no self-awareness. They are so oblivious. They are so clueless. These people, they sit there and blame everybody from uh, the fascists to, uh, oh, we just don't have enough money. It's the chairman. It's the, they, uh, oh, we don't have the right message messaging. No, you don't have a product. You don't have a product. You're not selling anything because you have nothing to give. So you can only put so many shades of lipstick on a pig. And that's essentially what you're trying to do. When you sit there and think, oh, if we just marketed better to the Latino community and they're all blaming, the clubs are blaming the, the, the board, the board is blaming the clubs and the volunteers. Like, these people cannot get their heads out of their own asses. It's pathetic. And it also gives credence to why somebody like Trump, even after everything, you can see why people will gravitate to his message. Because the oh. message that is being espoused in that room is the worst kind of message. It's how do we how do we placate towards people right. in a very like unsubstant, a, a, a very unsubstantive kind of And they way. don't even talk about that. Like the entire meeting was just about how do we get people to vote for us? Nobody talked about platform or policy or what they, they, well, yes, Peter did. He made some comment, but they looked at him like he had three heads. So like, they don't talk about why anything because they why don't, don't do anything. What, why don't you- um, I find it ridiculous. Why don't you tell them well, you know, we could talk about what it is that I said. Well, I, you know what? I was definitely high there because you can't go to these things sober. You have no idea, people. It's like, it's, you know what it really Even in a room that's that small, there's still these. I can't. There's still these, there's, they still want to be in like these factions. But here's the thing. You know what? I really had an epiphany there the other day. The DEC in Broward reminds me of when I worked at Becker and Polykoff and I did condo association law and mm -hmm. I would go to the condo meetings and deal with the boards of the condos. And it's very small people that are just so into their own little fiefdom and controlling their fiefdom, but they're incapable of seeing anything outside of their own little fiefdom and they have no sense of reason. And that's what it like. These people had no self-awareness whatsoever. I... And and we will get back to this because I actually want to, I'm going to have to, in a very mocking way, one of the people from the DEC says, stands up and very adamantly, I mind you, says, we have our message. You people and like started talking about how if we would just retweet it and like them on Facebook and, you know, we don't support them enough on social media. And if we would just spread the spread the what, lady, you got nothing. And the one message that she did mention, of course, was we're pro-choice. Yes, you are. You entitled suburbanite woman. Yes, you are. That is your only issue. And that's all you've got. But to we're stand better on. than they are. Uh, and so what I want to do, guys, is I would like to show you. And she also then went into a whole thing about the amazing new digital magazine that they've done. And you guys, I'm going to go through the digital magazine with you because they want us to share it. 
She asked us to share it, so I'm going to share it. And then we're going to see how many of you would want to join with the Broward Dams and Lock Arms when I give you the promotional Look, material. Lila and Pat, hang back for a moment because you're going to love this before we bring you in. So this is the so-called pamphlet, if you will. It's the digital magazine of the Broward Democratic Party. Um, go to, wait here, if we go on this and we go to that. Slideshow? Well, no, we put it so that it's full size. So now you oh, can scroll okay. through and they can see what we're seeing. All right. So for okay. those of you who want to, if those of you who want to know who these guys are. So on the very far left, we'll start with our chair of the party. Uh, who Lord, apparently was not a Republican. Apparently was not a Republican, according to High Lordis. Uh, <laughs> this is Manny Diaz. He is the state party chair. He is there for two reasons. One, Debbie Wasserman Schultz and two, Michael Bloomberg. It's lovely. That is why he is the chair. He is a person who did next to nothing. Now, of course, the argument from his ex-wife is that the party was bleeding money and he had to go out and fundraise and put money back into it. Yeah, that's part of the job. Having Michael Bloomberg bail you out is not what we call fundraising. No, definitely not. Um, but we need to, You're if you're going to do this long on each page, you have no, no idea how In long. In the middle, be. you have Val Demings, who just ran for the U.S. Senate after stepping down from her congressional seat, which we do thank her for because Maxwell Frost is now in Congress. That was the, that's the plus. Now, the negative, of course, is that she outspent Marco Rubio by twenty five million dollars and lost by how many points? Seventeen points. Oh, that's kind of bad. That's not good. And then maybe uh, a robust primary in that race would have enticed more people to be. Involved. No, no, no. We can't have primaries. That's not a good okay. idea because. It would have helped me, you know, get on board with your stick. And then on the and then last but not least, there is Rick Hoy. Now, I personally like Rick. I do too. He's, he's a very he's, nice guy. He's a union guy. Yes. He definitely supports labor. His hands are somewhat tied politically. What a surprise. Uh, I think he's well-intended, but there is something to be said for not taking chances. And when things have hit as low as they have, you got to take some chances. I just, I don't think anybody is willing to do that. So you just, yeah, just keep going. You got to get to where Message they- from Rick. Message from Rick, letter from the editor, and she was very adamant that we share this, guys. So everybody pay attention, and hopefully this will inspire you. So the first three pages are sponsors, also known as people that donated to the party. Correct. And, and that's what this is. So anybody on this list are just people. That, and look at who is number one. Well, we have to have Debbie first, you know. Always. I mean, that is most important. Always. Even though she can't shine the shoes of Congresswoman Sheila Scherfelis McCormick, but I digress. But so all of these people are basically like the who's who in Broward politics. Here's probably one of the most interesting ones, which of course is number three, which is Broward and Palm Beach Realtors. Now I am a real estate agent, but I will say, considering that the Broward, considering that the Florida Realtor Association enthusiastically endorsed <laughs> Governor DeSantis for reelection, this kind of looks silly, but just a thought. Any, a lot of this looks silly. Um, so Yeah, a lot of this is silly. But go on. Just go through the donors. These are all the people that sent oh, them wow. money. Oh, wow. All of these sponsorships. You know, it's funny. And a lot of these people, by the way, are former candidates or people that are going to think about running and they think that somehow if they pay the party that, that will help them, it won't. No. I digress. Go ahead. I think about somebody like Marie Woodson, and she was able to win because she was a fantastic candidate, canvassed her areas, and, yeah. you know, if, if likable enough, got support, you know, typically from people at the polls, which is great, but it had nothing to do with this. No. 
no, no. So, so then of course we need to talk, say it in Spanish because, and we actually do need to say it in Spanish. Mes de la herencia, no, I don't want you to read it. I want you to just force it. Porque no está la oportunidad de la sobriedad los lagros que hemos tendado a los humanos. I don't want you to read so that. So basically it's, it's, uh, it's talking about the, how we have to, you know, there's opportunity for the Latino community. In the yeah, and ironically, that was one of the big things they were screaming about at the meeting is we didn't reach the Latinos. We didn't reach the Latinos. That's not the problem. What are you reaching them with? How are you fundraising and what policies are you supporting as a result? Okay. So this is there, These are going to scroll through different canvassing teams. Different canvassing look at teams. us. We got out the boat. Look at how cool we are, guys. Look. They're all, this is with Carla Hernandez. She was running for Lieutenant Governor. And so then of course you have voting information and then we, we, we're going to get to something that really kind of just pisses me off to no end. Are we there yet? Hold on a second. This General is one of the election slate card. Okay. So wait, keep going, keep going. Yeah, there it is. Wait, where was when they said they actually on their slate card, our Broward party actually told people to vote yes on all three state amendments. They told them that I voted no on all three state amendments to give anybody some amount of perspective. Mm. And specifically, Amendment two was the one about they just basically gave up one of the last ways that in this state can actually amend the Constitution because people are so stupid and they just vote yes. So if you get something on the ballot, there's a good chance you'll get it through. And so some sort of anti-democracy group put this on there and our party is telling people to vote for it. But they probably got a very pass. nice contribution as a result. I don't so. know. I don't know. I don't see it. Okay, well, it was on the slate card. No. I saw it on their slate card. I well, that's fine. Here, constitutional amendments. Oh, I, did. I guess I missed it. Oh, yes, okay. they say they voted for, they said- she, Vote yes on all. all. That's what I'm saying. That's like not, It's that's crazy. Okay, so you can see how they are in terms of who they're supporting and what they're doing. And here they're gonna tell you all the amazing things that we did for America. Yeah. This is all the amazing things. First of all, the fact that they have student loan forgiveness program on there is the number two item. And that has literally just been thrown out the window. Okay. It's like the infrastructure law, it is a corporate, cash giveaway. Like it, really is. it doesn't mean that there aren't some good infrastructure projects that are not going to be built. There will be, but how much of that money is going to be government waste? It's there. Basically they're sitting there and they're touting their crumbs and cheering for that. Okay. Just keep going. You have to see how ridiculous this is. Okay. Just look, you could buy merchandise. Here's more of the stuff that they've done. Repeating exactly. Oh, because they, they really don't have a lot of material. Um, oh, they're going to explain all the things that they did and supported and how that helps, you know, maybe three people. Yeah. Uh, just the idea of the Inflation Reduction Act will help keep free or low cost health insurance available to rural Americans with an average savings of about $800 per person per year. What they're not telling you is how much health care actually costs altogether. So by thinking that you're saving $800 is a really great thing, when you're spending eight to $12,000, I'm sorry, it's not making that big of a difference. So just saying. Because uh, yeah. this, so this just, is an annoyingly long pamphlet. So I want you just to, so, like, I was just wanting to give an idea of what they're trying to, how they're trying the, to promote what's themselves. Her, what's her name again? I forgot. I don't know who that She's is. She's in... Um, it's it's not it's not cookie. She looks like her, but this is this is the lady who was in charge in Michigan for a while. I'm I'm forgetting her name. 
It doesn't matter. Okay. Well, I'm just saying. Okay. So they're just out. Okay. Here's the meeting. It's all the CNBC people. By the way, the people in these pictures are the people that go to meetings. And there's not that many more people that aren't in these pictures. Even at a meeting last night where you would think everyone and their mother, especially in Broward, would have gotten out there at this meeting, there were maybe 40, 40. to 50 people in the room. They still don't make quorum. I, quorum is like what? 150? I don't know. They've never, like they, I've never seen them make quorum. But that, but that just goes to show you how much the party's lost because I have been to DEC meetings in the past when there was, you know, at least I would say 125 people in the room. So this is the schmoozy schmoozy, the pictures from the meeting. Look how fun. Look at all of us posing. Same people. If you also notice the average age generally tends to be pretty high. Um, So these are their meetings. And then, of course, they go into their candidates that they're supporting, have to have a tribute to Gabby Giffords. Okay, so now we get into all of these things. And this is where basically it's an entire magazine of them patting themselves on their back and self-congratulating people in an echo chamber that is like this big. And it's really pitiful. So you guys let me know at the end if this really inspires you. We're honoring Debbie. We're honoring Ted. Here's the fun events. We like Marty. We like Sheila. I like them. This has nothing to do with liking them. It's like, is this helping people want to come out? Here you go. Debbie talking at the Council of Presidents meeting. You see, this is this is something that I have sat through before, ladies and gentlemen. Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz discusses how in capitals Democrats deliver at the council club meetings. You see, the people who sit there don't actually know how these things delivered or if they're actually having any tangible results on their daily lives. But if Debbie says it, it must be true. They just learn talking points. It's really no different than people that watch MSNBC. Yeah. Anyway, so this is this is the the kind of nonsense that they're putting out. This is what they're spending money on, which ironically to me is funny because all they did was complain how they have no money. Um, And it's just very self-congratulatory. It's really gross. I don't want to make them wait to go through this. I just wanted you guys to see the utter. It's all just like a who's who of all these parties, like kind of like a Broward DEC town and country situation where it's just. It's It's always interesting to see some people we know. Oh, there's no no shortage of, of, of grifters. But like, it's just so self-congratulatory. And what's ironic is they really lost. And if people want to know why we can't have nice things in this in this county. Dan Reynolds, Broward County AFL-CIO leader. So, so the fact that our Congresswoman is so tight with the, the union boss. Talk about impropriety. It's really impropriety. And so all of this is from the AFL-CIO labor ball because they're completely intertwined. That was definitely their biggest. Even though event. she is an anti-labor representative. And she's got the votes to prove it, my friends. It's hilarious. <laughs> One of the only three Democrats who voted to fast track the Trans-Pacific <laughs> Partnership. And Debbie, you'll never get that off your record. And that's something that, act, of all people, Trump owned you on. That's so... So anyway, this is what this is what we're dealing with. And then we go through all the clubs, self-congratulatory nonsense. Look at all of our stuff that we did. Um, this event, uh, which one? Um, this event never happened. So that's interesting. interesting. That they feel the need to tout it. But OK, so this is the kind of stuff that that we're dealing with people. So, my when, God, how big is this? It's just, I told you it's ridiculous. They, this is what they're spending their time and, and efforts and resources doing is putting together a self-congratulatory magazine. I think they really don't understand it's all the clubs and it's it's almost like it's like a junior high school yearbook situation well it certainly feels that way. yeah and then there's the ads from all the candidates it's ridiculous yeah and then it's always these uh this day is this day this day is that day it's like 
that doesn't anyway. It doesn't solve anything. So, guys, let us know if that inspires you to come and join the Broward Democratic Party. It if, certainly doesn't inspire inspired? me, no. but you know, we'll we'll do what we it's can. Terrible. And this will be a perfect segue because. We've got a lot to talk about regarding the midterms, what's coming. And of course, uh, everyone is a Monday morning quarterback. So let's Monday morning quarterback with some really awesome people. Yes. I think I said Lila, Charles Lee, and Patrick Cody. uh, Pat the Burner, for those of you who may remember. Pat the Burner! They are the hosts of the Punch-Up Pod. Welcome back to Generational Change. Hey, guys. Thanks for having us. I am inspired just reading that friggin', oh my God, page you could just. Just send me that and get those TPS reports done by Thursday. <laughs> Can you believe this? And they're actually, the woman who did it is standing up at the meeting and basically telling us, we have a message. You all just need to retweet and like us on Facebook. If you, How many of you have Facebook? You need to like our page. And I'm like, yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem with the Democrats. Hey, look, if you didn't want to vote for Debbie Wasserman Schultz before, you're definitely going to want to vote for her now. <laughs> that definitely changed everything. Especially for you, Pat. I know how much yeah. you hate Debbie. So I, if you, if you were ever thinking about changing your mind, that, you know, come on. Weren't you inspired by those wonderful photographs? <laughs> yeah. D-W-S I think it's really interesting. I think it's interesting that, like, we almost have opposite problems with you guys in Florida. Because you're a hugely red state and it's hard to get any votes for Democrat. We're so Democrat that Democrats don't have to do anything. Right. There's like the opposite problems, but it's the same mailer in every state. <laughs> the same. <laughs> it's the same problem, though. You know that it's the same problem. Yeah. Because when they're in charge, they don't need to do anything because they're just in charge. And when they're yeah. not in charge, they don't have to do anything, and they just blame the other party. But either way, they don't have to do anything. It's just a homeostasis. Yeah. So, well, they so have to really- hype up their their audience, which is what that whole thing was about. It's like, yeah, we're uh, doing great. The audience and- is getting smaller and smaller by the day. And what they don't understand is that when you have such bad representation, this really does get this. This all comes full, full circle to Debbie because she really is the person that drags this party down in so many ways in the state. They're in such denial about it at this point. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Well, they're scared of her, too. They are. They are. But you know what? There's a lot of cracks in the armor at this point. You had a lot of people in that meeting granted a lot of self-aggrandizing for sure. Uh, but there were definitely a lot of people who were like, this doesn't make any sense. We are not getting anywhere. And you are literally giving up 30 electoral votes to the GOP without a fight, which now means that states like Georgia, Arizona and even Pennsylvania now become a central focus for GOP fundraising in a way that frankly shouldn't right. even exist. And now you've got Trump back in the mix and all that jazz. So it, it, there is a reckoning that needs to happen within the Democratic Party. Look at the New Yorkers. The New Yorkers are very vocal about getting Jay Jacobs out of yeah. the state party chair position. You've got like little chirps here in Florida about Manny Diaz needing to go away. So to say that there really isn't a strong movement here would be an understatement. Well, even if he did, they'll have someone just like him. But can I just say, like, I, I've covered the last couple of Democratic conventions in California. You know, since Bernie got in the race, I went to all the Democratic conventions in the state. And even at these conventions, which you have to be either media or somehow involved, a voting member, you know, it's all inner party people, the whole thing. Uh, Bernie would get cheering crowds in every every stinking room. Kamala Harris getting booed. Uh <laughs> You know, Pete Buttigieg getting mocked. Like, 
they, the entire thing, the majority of people at that, the loudest voices at least, which is a whole different argument I understand, but you know, you could hear an entourage falling, burning around this place. And it it's not actually outsider regular folks. It's Democratic Party folks really support him more than they do the party. But the party always finds a way to overturn or have more votes in these things to never allow progressive voices to thrive. So that's what we call democracy. So that's why, like, you know, one more Democrat isn't going to help you in Florida. I'm just telling you. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. not that vote for him, but like, yeah, we're, well, we're a living experiment of that not being enough. Yeah. No, you need a labor movement. Yeah. That's what you need. Yes. You need a labor, labor movement. And that's the only thing that unifies people across the entire spectrum because when we were volunteering at the polls the past couple of weeks, I mean, on the last, on the day, on election day, there was a gentleman who was a firefighter that I was talking to. And he's a huge, you know, Trump DeSantis supporter, but he is for a living wage. He is for universal health care. He is for a clean environment. And if you ask me, that is probably very true in a lot of people who are, let's say, libertarian red who support Trump and DeSantis. Yeah. They do believe in these things. They hate D.C. more than they hate Trump in the And they hate sanctimonious Democrats. Right. Yeah. I mean, all look at every exit poll from Fox, right, always shows that all of those progressive policies are majority popular even in the Fox crowd, right? Yeah, they yeah, are, for much. sure. We, we agree on most things, which is why we need that theater to sort of keep us all fighting amongst ourselves in, in, in right. so many stupid ways. Right. And I feel like it's, I noticed to me that it's worse on the left. The the infighting is so much worse on the left because before I was officially a candidate, I would go to Republican meetings as well, just meeting people and just seeing how, you know, whatever. The way that they operate is infinitely more efficient, infinitely more welcoming to outside people, right. and like infinitely more democratic. And yeah. and it was very it was very eye opening to me at our local level, the difference. And I don't think yeah. people like the Democratic Party is so not democratic. Oh, my gosh. Well, look at how Trump rose to power, right? I mean, that was that was democracy. Republican structure did not want him, but they actually allowed that primary yeah. to play out. And if the Democrats just kneecapped everybody and made sure only three people were on that stage. So not only did they just elevate Hillary and coronate her, but then we didn't have a deep bench for the next four years, right? Like, I mean, they keep shooting themselves in the foot. Well, they're trying to protect... Wall Street and Silicon Valley financial interests. That's all it right. is. I mean, you guys live in California, you know it well. And so you've got two major stories that are now coming to the surface in your neck of the woods. Karen Bass, of course, was officially declared the winner as the next mayor of Los Angeles this afternoon. And wonderful, wonderful Adam Schiff is going to very likely run for the U.S. Senate in California. Isn't that wonderful? Uh, so that's like, what they wanted. Yes, I'm sure oh, that's what of course they, wanted. they do. So wherever you guys want to start on that, I mean, yeah, uh, obviously everyone was talking about Rick Caruso trying to buy this seat. He had the support yeah. of a lot of Hollywood bigwigs. Uh, that was outrageous, by the way, like outrageous. I mean, I had to hold my nose and vote for Karen Bass because it was close enough that I felt like I really didn't want Rick Caruso. I mean, he's repugnant. Um, but to see, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow, Katy Perry, like people who sort of pride themselves on, yeah, gross, right? And somehow it's palatable to get behind Rick Caruso because he builds these sort of Disneyland shopping malls and parties with the rich people, the Grove, Americana brand. Like there are these very sort of like um, clean, 
walkable shopping areas that he has made in, throughout greater Los Angeles. And he parties with all the wealthy people. And so, you know, it's class loyalty. That's what it always comes down to. Yeah. Well, that's just like environmental capitalism. That's like how I think of people whenever I, I hate Teslas. It's just a pet yeah. peeve of mine. Like I can't even like I see them and it's infuriating. And where my son goes to schools in Weston and they're all over the place. Right. It's like an infestation. <laughs> and I just think it's like symbolic of this elitist, wealthy idea of how we can fix the problem. Yeah. And that's and that's how I feel about it. So when you talk about people like that and I hear about people like Goop Queen Paltrow, Ugh. you know, like some of the most privileged people I can imagine. Yeah propping someone up because he has an environmental capitalist streak. It's just so ridiculous. <laughs> it's so disgusting. And also, and like, I mean, sorry, but Chink Uger, I mean, I, you know, 10 years ago, it's been a while, but I really liked him. I was shocked that he would come out and do basically what the people who wanted to like burn it all down and vote for Trump just to like, you know, smash the duopoly and vote for Trump. And he was doing the same thing to, he was like supporting Caruso because Karen Bass was just more of the same. And Caruso was maybe going to fix the homeless problem by doing what? Throwing them all in jail. They do that in all places where there's people that have like high property they, taxes they, the, the and theory, don't want to yeah. look at the homeless people. The theory yeah. with Jenk coming out very loudly for Caruso is the fact that Katzenberg is a huge donor to TYT and Katzenberg and Caruso are like this. Of course. So it's, you know, you only have to follow the money. I mean, more times than not, you're going to get It's so simple. Yeah, exactly. What do you guys think about the prospect of uh, Schiff running for the U.S. Senate? I mean, obviously Feinstein, who the hell knows? She's been out of it for years. I don't think she's going to make it through her term. And if they do have a special election, I think that the establishment will definitely get behind Schiff. But is there any way to potentially stop it from your perspective? Pat, I mean, it's who, who you got. <laughs> so we've got. Look, we're we're centrist headquarters. We're we're sold to the world to the U.S. as this sort of Nancy Pelosi lefty, uh, hippie progressive left. But most of the state is is so asleep on the fact that we're safely democratic that they're going to vote for name recognition. They're not going to know the issues. They're not going to compare the right. candidates. So for a progressive to climb out of that, it has to. They have to come in with name recognition against them. Which, yeah. you know, Adam Schiff, everyone knows Adam Schiff from whatever the fuck he's done on the Senate. Some probably anti-Trump. War. It's know, all war and uh, anti-Trump. January yeah. 6th, you know, whatever yeah. stuff. But so that enough is enough to get him elected, no matter who the challenger is on the left. He's going to win. Is what I'm saying. It's so unfortunate. Would you life. guys. So corrupt. Would, would you guys back uh, Ro Khanna if he. I mean, look, I have a lot of issues with him, obviously, but he's a. Yeah. He's probably the best option. Well, that he California sure as hell better has. than Adam Schiff. Well, yeah, a lot better. Jesus. But do you. Would he. I would, I would think, in a, considering that he got into Congress through a Democratic primary, uh, I don't see why he wouldn't, because he definitely has aspirations for higher office. So I'm wondering if you guys think if Feinstein, let's say, were to step away in, in the next year and there was mm. an, an actual, you know, Senate primary in California in 24 during a presidential year, um, you know, depending on what Biden does, obviously Newsom is going to run at some point. So there's going to be some openings, if you will. Yeah. But I would think that Khan is probably the only one that legitimately could probably garner the support from the Bernie movement that yeah. was so strong in California. Yeah. How do you guys see that happening? I think he could. I, you know, I think he's great. I think he's outspoken. I mean, there's a bunch of things I disagree with him about sure. issues I have, but I do think of the bunch that's there. He's, 
you know, fairly good on some policies. I don't think that he has it in him to primary shift if he is already sort of being coordinated by the Democratic establishment. I don't think he would do that. He's, what he's, did a, I he's a team you? player. What did I text you? Literally. Same thing. I te- he said really? that to me. And I just, he texted, he said, sent something to me before about that. And I said, Ro Khanna has no sack. I said, Ro doesn't have a sack. That was literally what I Sorry, just texted Ro. to you. Well, uh, well Look, no, at the no, end of the day, well, I'm just at the end of the day, Roe's going to come down on capitalism. I mean, I'm not anti-Roe. Like I would vote for right. him against any. And I look, I'm going to vote for anyone I think could be progressive, even if they're not. That's my sort of line and voting. But if they're if you're openly centrist, I'm not going to. So at least at least Roe's going to lie to everybody that he's very progressive. And he <laughs> is progressive, um, but he he he's he's like. The things we say about Elizabeth Warren not being progressive all 100% apply to Ro Khanna in the same in the same breath. Um, yeah. So but he's you know, not a snake. He's not a snake, but I mean, look, I hate to live in the past, but I mean, if there's one person that undercut Bernie's message on TV about Medicare for all, it was actually Ro Khanna. Ro Khanna was the at a time when when the left was saying we need Medicare for all, no all terms, it's the only option. Roe was on TV saying, I'd vote for Elizabeth Warren's plan. I would, you know, uh, I don't think it's intentional, but I think, you know, I don't think, I don't think he was very good at messaging for Bernie. And I don't, I don't put that on some evil plot, but I think at the least it's his own natural capitalist instincts because he comes from Silicon Valley. I agree with Lila. I, I just don't think he would, he would challenge. I just don't think he would. I think he's one of those that will wait his turn um, and will be patient about it. But I think he's a nice enough guy. I do. Like, I don't, you know, I don't think so, he's like well, well, malintended, first, but I think he's disappointed a lot of the people on the left that it might affect him being able to win a statewide seat. Well, Purse has mentioned uh, Ash Kalra, who, you know, I love mean, I can't, him. can't really say one way or the other how much his, uh, what he did or did not do regarding CalCare and what he could have yeah. been doing in Sacramento in order to get it through committees. I mean, he may have. Been we had him on and talked limited. about it. Yeah. I mean, I. You know, look, they're all politicians, to be sure. Uh, God forbid Katie Porter loses her seat. I mean, uh, talk about the only. Is that still not counted? Is that still not decided? I think nope. she lost, didn't she? I mean, no. did she? No, I don't, no, I don't think we found out yet. No, it's, it, her opponent was closing in, but uh, she's still ahead. Uh, I don't know what the okay. count is right Good. now. Uh, the Democrats are hanging her out to dry because obviously we know why they they don't want her. Yeah. I mean, I have a hard time with her anyway, because she came out for, you know, Elizabeth Warren over Bernie, which is always just going to upset it's me. Gonna but, that's um, a, yeah, yeah, that's that's a that's an unfortunate byproduct of the whole like friendship stuff, because I Warren know. was her professor. And it's I know you know, can't really expect this is the when people talk about what's one of the biggest problems in D.C. These guys are all friends. It's like, I, do you not get is. that Pelosi and McConnell are like when they did the bump? They're uh, basically telling you, yeah, we're you know, we're just pretending. We WWF. Like yeah. Yeah, um, but, but she is she's one of the better ones there. And you can see how uh, out of favor she is, because I think what the DCCC or D, uh, wait, she's a yeah, DCCC spent like eight hundred thousand dollars helping her versus like the millions they poured into no, people who were three hundred thousand, three hundred. And her opponent God, got eight million. Eight million. Yeah. But don't worry, you know, anti Maxine Waters will say some pretty nasty stuff uh, to the GOP while kicking Katie Porter off of the finance committee. So, you know, exactly. I mean, that's what matters. Yeah. How do you guys uh, 
how do you, how do you assess the midterms in terms of, you know, what the results were? Uh, I think what Biden just did over the past two days is absolutely mm-hmm. atrocious. The fact that you got all of these kids out to the polls, particularly in a state like Pennsylvania, which really made the the, the youth vote really made the difference in putting Fetterman over the top. And I like where you're going. You know, with this. right right away. Uh, Why? Yes, I think she would. Yeah. Why? Yes, I think I would prefer her over any of the previously mentioned people. Same. But I don't live in California. I have no standing. And, and so what I what I'm what I'm saying is. Uh, the fact that he pulled back uh, immediately on codifying Roe, the fact that he, uh, and look, you know, credit where credit's due, you know, credit to Brianna Joy Grace. She really nailed it on this particular issue regarding how the student debt cancellation was put in place when Biden has executive authority to just cancel it himself, no matter what yeah. anyone says, he did it in a way to ensure that it would fail. And there are people who are going to pretend that, no, he really tried to do all he could. Not true. He never wanted it. And it was just an excuse to get people to vote. Are you kidding? There's people pretending that it's going to happen. But it's going to come back and bite them in 24 in a really bad way. And so how do you guys assess the midterms in terms of the overall results? Pat, do you want to go first? Or right? <laughs> I'll take it. I mean, look, I think, uh, I think Nina Turner nailed it. It's the same thing a lot of us were thinking, but like, on one hand, Democrats were saying, you need to elect us to, to, to get Roe passed, I mean, to codify Roe. Uh, two more Democrats will do it in the Senate. Um, we give them that, basically. And then they say immediately that they can't pass it. Well, you can't also be celebrating what an overwhelmingly uh, good outcome it was for Democrats if it's better than you thought, and you can't do the thing you said two days ago you would do if you did better than you thought. And you're already saying we can't do it. And, you know, nobody's talking about it, but, like, the race in play in Georgia is Warnock, who, why is why is his race in play? It comes down to the $2,000 checks. I mean, it, it, they were promising $2,000 checks, and they got 1300 That's not on him, but, like, 1400. you know, yeah, 13, 14, whatever. Doesn't matter. Too math tomorrow. is not my thing, but too little, too late. But I mean, when you when you lose when you when you're that close and have a runoff, and he got uh, Democrats let people down immediately once he won the election. So if if you don't think that could make up for one percent of people to not need a runoff where we'd have another Democratic senator, I think that's crazy. You know, and the, the press is ignoring that that is even an issue because then it brings up all the other things that were promised in the election that were immediately. Uh, thrown out the door like abortion this time. Yep. $15 minimum wage. We're Uh, definitely not going to get rid of the filibuster. We're only going to listen to the parliamentarian. Yeah. Oh, oh, look, guys, remember, that's our pick is Manchin and parliamentarian (laughs) for 24. Yeah. Those are the people with the real power in the party. So we think they should be in charge. Every time I hear parliamentarian, I got to promote. Sorry. Yeah. From the moment Biden got in, we were told, hey, it's the Green Lantern effect, right? The president doesn't, the least powerful person in the world is a Democrat who is the leader of the country, like can never do anything, can't use the bully pulpit, has to keep giving committee assignments to people who betray him, Uh, went out and rallied for Kurt Schrader, who single-handedly like ruined the um, uh, pharmaceutical, like, uh, 
sorry, my mind, my mind on too much wine and shots from the show before. Sorry. Um, but, you know, Kurt Schrader, who like prevented several parts of Build Back Better from moving forward, which was Biden's signature policy or uh, um, help me out Such here, act, plan. whatever. I know. Um, and then he goes and he and he rallies for him versus the progressives who actually fought for what Biden pretended was his big legislation. Right. So we know that Biden could be doing a lot more to, you know, carry a big stick and force to get people in line behind him and hold rallies in the back door of the people who refuse to support the things that are widely popular across the country. And he refuses to do any of that. So, I mean, I think, uh, unfortunately, it was a big bait and switch, the whole thing, right? Like you're told, we don't think he's going to, we're not going to, we're going to get crushed in the midterms. It's going to be a big shellacking. That's what happens every time. They told us that from the second Biden came into power, shellacking in the midterms. Then Roe v. Wade's overturned. Then it's like, well, we got, if you want it to be codified, you got to vote for us. Well, why didn't you codify it as soon as you got there? It's one of the things you ran on. Don't do that. Vote for us in the midterms, even though we don't expect to win the midterms. And then we don't win the midterms in both houses, but we did better than expected. But we still can't do the thing that we did. Like, you know. Well, I, well, I always like to say that the Democrat only the Democrats could 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 lose the House and say we won. So. <laughs> You know, but in reality, they did win because now they really don't have to do anything. Well, I actually believe that. I actually yeah. believe that people like Nancy Pelosi prefer. It's perfect. Um, when, like, uh, well, oh, we know they preferred Trump to Bernie. We know that. Yeah. But I think just in general, they prefer not being in power because then they're less accountable and they can just constantly blame the Republicans. I don't and know, though. I kind of feel like the, there's there's a real growing movement in this country at this point where I think a lot of people are starting to ask questions. Oh, that, but you can't question whether or not I think they're all in cahoots. No, no, I don't. No, I mean, like they're asking questions like, well, I don't know. You, kind right of say, you, you keep asking us to do this and yet nothing ever changes. Yeah. I mean, we know how it is with very comfortable people. The problem with very comfortable people is they always vote. They're always yeah. involved. And they're they generally the single issue voters. And it's usually yeah. things like choice or gun control, at least down yeah. in Broward. Like that's the yeah. most urban, comfortable thing that people are very consumed with. Here. Like I would right. tell people that if you looked at Shannon Watts, head of Moms Demand Action, like if you want to understand why the working class is so turned off by the Democratic Party, just follow her. Just follow her <laughs> yeah. account and you'll, <laughs> and you'll understand why. Because it's sanctimonious <laughs> privilege. I've never seen yeah. it. Yeah. I, I think the, the problem is... Okay, more people are aware of all these issues with the Democratic Party. Like, there's no denying that your average centrist person, your friend, your family, whatever, who doesn't follow politics, kind of knows that the Democratic Party is shit now. But they're very susceptible to fear mongering from the mainstream media. So, no matter what you you can have these conversations on the side with these people and convince, and they'll tell you, "Oh my God, I totally believe in that." Holy shit! But you, you put up a Trump, you put up a radical right, and this is where the midterms, back to the midterms, the Democrats survived the midterms because of abortion, nothing else. That's the, what I the spin The spin yeah. is that it's the economy, like they're trying to say Democrats- The economy uh, actually is good, see? Well, the, yeah, and they're right. also trying to say that they are such brilliant strate- strategists, but uh, uh, democracy was not even in the top five issues for people. Yeah. And if the Democrats did so well because of their brilliant strategy, why wasn't the thing they ran on one of the top five issues? 
Yeah, because they did the Pied Piper thing again, and this time it worked. $53 million poured into MAGA candidates, and not one of those people won. I mean, except for J.D. Vance, but I don't know if they poured money into his. But everybody else lost that they poured money into. And so now they've, they've, they're justified. They're going to do it again. I don't Keep know if I up those fascists. No, well, no. they think they're they think they're like really str- strategic, and they well, dimensional chess, keeping yeah. the capitalists in power. Like it is actually working. Like yeah. you, you have to acknowledge, like it is working for them. Yeah, I but mean, the would idea it, that would okay. it have worked if if Roe versus Wade? What would the midterms have looked like were it not for Roe versus Wade? Well, I think that we added another ten points. We would have added another 10 points between DeSantis and Chris is what I believe. Well, I, I definitely think if the if, if abortion, abortion definitely made a big difference in Pennsylvania. There's no question about it. And as sad as this is to say, yeah, I think Dr. Ross would be going to the U.S. Senate right now if, if Roe v. Wade was not overturned. But that I, has I to do, do also with the age of the students and the people that, or the kids that came out. Gen Z was the huge thing there. Yes. And even though I thought that Fetterman had a great chance to win and I always maintain that he would win, his decision to get involved with that debate and expose himself in a very bad way, I thought was going to sink him. But even still, I thought he would squeak out a victory. Remember, he was up by a lot. But it was definitely Roe v. Wade. Yeah, I think that definitely played a role for sure. Uh, Did it play a role in other places? I don't know. The only outlier that I really see is any of the Trump-backed election deniers whether it was in Pennsylvania, whether it was in Michigan, whether it was in Arizona, whether it was in Washington state, they all lost. The only one who's hanging on by a thread right now is, I mean, I can't even say that Herschel Walker was oh, really that God, guy. People, just for the, the love guy, of all that is holy. The idea that he's even a candidate is a joke. I just. But I do think that Warnock will win. I, I would be very surprised if, uh, you know what, I... Let We're going to organize a phone take, bank for yeah. Warnock. Let me take, I think Warnock will win. Yeah, I think he will. Yeah. But, but let's I think let's not take that risk. Let's not. I just, want to, I just want to point something out. So the Democrats essentially got rewarded for Roe versus Wade being overturned under oh, a Democratic yeah. president. So strategically, that worked for them. So yeah. what does that tell you about uh, voting problems in the future? So they yeah. could let gay marriage get overturned or they uh-huh. could let anything they let go that makes the country go more right is going to help the democratic party more yeah. than actually passing a policy that benefits people because they know strategically worst case scenario they lose but eh, their donors are happy you know yeah well that- that's the reason that they never codified roe if the democrats had ever codified roe they wouldn't have anything to have fundraised on for like yep. the past three presidential administrations like that's their main thing So they never wanted like they didn't need for it to necessarily be overturned to help them. They're always like that made it worse. But they've been using that forever. That That was the biggest gift they've ever gotten. Yeah. And it would be the same with any of the other fringe issues. That's what they do, because that's the only thing they can hang their hat on. It's like we're corporate. We're pro-war. We're going to take all your money, give it to our rich friends. But hey, we like the LGBT community and we support a woman's right to choose. And that's all they have. Yep. And we're never seeing a way out of this because right now we are completely unorganized on the left. Yeah. And that is uh, disorganized. Yeah. 
Did I say unorganized? Okay, well, this will excuse me. Actually, we're both. Actually, we're both in that case. We're actually both unorganized and disorganized. Yeah. I think you have way too many opportunists. I mean, obviously, we know who the opportunists are on the political right. You know, you got the Stephen Crowders of the world. You got, I mean, look, we, (laughs) you got Ben Shapiro uh, and a lot of the Uh, same day. And the, the two of the biggest grifters of them all. Ben Shapiro and Dave Rubin both moved down here to South Florida. Did so, they? Yeah, yeah. Ben Shapiro's yeah. down here? He is. What Ugh. community? I have got to know. I don't know, but they've done their share of events with DeSantis, I can tell you that. Especially oh, Dave my Rubin. God. Well, because I would He's assume really Ben great. Shapiro is in is in a conservative or orthodox community. He may be. Yeah. That's very possible. But on the left, we've got a lot of people who do not actually want to, you know, it's not that they don't even want to cross network. It's that they want to spend their time, you know, basically shitposting about everybody else and talking about how terrible they are. When in reality, if you have an issue with somebody and we clearly, there are people that we do not care for, but we're not going to talk about them because that doesn't yes, serve. I don't any even purpose. like you talking about this, but I think it's important <laughs> to talk about because we have two content creators on our show. Do we not? No, we hey, do. But I don't we like were gonna... anybody up any credit. Like why? Well, we yeah. almost had a topic tonight before coming on your show. And we're like, but no, we don't want to have, we, we really go out of our way to not. We never talk about any of that fire with nonsense. That isn't, I mean, it's one thing to to joke about stuff on the left. And like, even if our, we're not changing the narrative, I don't want to add to the bullshit with podcasts or infighting nonsense. Like it's just, I refuse. It's, it's just garbage. Just drama. It's so destructive. And, um, yeah, you're right. I mean, there's like one thing that Bernie did really well was he unified huge groups of people who clearly we all hate each other. <laughs> it's well, and it's, there's a lot of ego involved in it and especially yeah. in the different organizations and the NGOs and all that stuff. Yeah. Like it, it start, and the bigger the NGO gets, then the more corporate that gets. And it just, right. it, even, I even feel that way when it comes to unions, it's the same yeah. thing, like that you get to a certain size and you're just this big organization, but speaking of unions, um, so something very cool guys that was put out by our our friends at more perfect union did a really nice video on this massive UC strike that's going on out there in California, which is very fun. And, um, so yeah, they're apparently, Oh, do you want to show it? Have you guys seen this video? It's amazing, but yeah, like, yeah, it's awesome. I haven't seen the video. Okay. So it's just, we, if I don't know how long it is. We're staging the biggest academic strike in U.S. history. The University of California is paying its student workers poverty wages. We make up one-fifth of the workforce, and we only take up one percent of the UC's budget. We don't think a university should act like a corporation, and we're going to put a stop to it through workers' power. We do, I don't know, somewhere between like 70 and 90 percent of the labor at the University of California. There's just no way that this university will operate, and we will continue to stay out on strike until we win. When the university fucks around, the university finds out. Hey, that was on my campus. I recognize that. So, guys, if you haven't, check UC out Davis. More Perfect Union on YouTube. Subscribe. They do really good work and check out. Yeah. The, you don't need to watch the whole thing, but it's really good and it was very pleasing to watch. And um, we all learn more about different people in different industries that we would not necessarily know. Yeah. And like, yeah, I know that everybody's screwing everybody like that. Yeah. I know like nothing right. would surprise me at all. But when you hear about this many people being able to like rise up, 
that's going to make them have to do something. That's yeah. 48,000 people. They're not going to be able to just get around that. And I mean, maybe it snuck up on the Biden administration or maybe they don't care so much, but, you know, they're quick to try to get Congress to shut down a rail railway strike, right? Which looks like it's going to happen, although they keep pushing back the date. So it was supposed to happen. The vote was supposed to happen before the midterms. They yeah. pushed that back. But I think three different unions under that umbrella have uh, vetoed the proposal, yeah. right? So that, I mean, that could really bring this country to its knees. I mean, that is where the power is going to be, right? Oh, absolutely. Oh, I'm so excited about that. I got to yeah. tell you, well, I have my vest. I can't, I have my vest right here. I'm ready to go. And I would actually like to see the railroad strike. And I would also like to see the UPS workers go out on strike. And by the way, FedEx workers, you need to be working on that too. You need air conditioning in your trucks, just like the UPS workers. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I don't think anything's going to really change significantly until the Walmart workers decide that they've had enough. Um, maybe yeah. they have, and maybe they're trying. Uh, but the Walton family, I'm sure... Uh, probably crack down on unionizing uh, even harder than even Jeff Bezos does. So it, yeah. it really wouldn't surprise me in the least. But I kind of feel like if we were to really unify, if we could do it around labor, I think that would go really far. The only issue is, is that we really have to unify around just union organizers, not union bosses. It's kind of right. like you gotta, you gotta skip over them. And I'm sure you guys have that problem with a number of unions in California. Is that anything that you can shed some light on? Well, so I've been a union member for 30 years. I'm a part of Screen yes. Actors Guild. I'm an actress. Okay. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, you know, it, it's been interesting to see. Um, it's like the limousine liberal effect and how many women in 2016 actresses uh, whom I've either worked with or we have lots of mutual friends blocked me because I was a Bernie person and they were all Hillary. And just about, I think, two and a half years ago, the SAG, because SAG has really good health care as part of, you know, if you earn a certain amount, then you get great health care. It's like a, it's like a hundred dollars a year and a $10 copay. I mean, it's beautiful. Um, and they, but they changed the threshold that you had to meet. And it's really difficult as a working actor to meet the threshold because, you know, even commercials that used to go to just sort of like nameless actors are now all being populated by big stars. It's really hard even to make, I don't know if it's like 40 or $50,000 a year that you have to make, but it's hard, it's hard to make that as an, as a, even as a working actor. Um, and so a lot of the people who blocked me lost their health insurance a couple of years ago and they're apoplectic. And I, you know, uh, I luckily have health insurance through my husband, who's a writer, which is also a really good plan. But, you know, it was hard for me not to have just like a slight bit of schadenfreude because they were so disgusting to the one candidate who actually wanted health care for all. But you see, it's the same thing that played out in Nevada with the restaurant workers, right? Like the union bosses and the people who are at a certain level of wealth, they were fine voting for the status quo because they thought they were going to have their health insurance forever, and they're not listening to the regular working class. So I do see that playing out in pretty much every union, even though I'm only sort of privy to Writers Guild and uh, and Screen Actors Guild. How would you guys feel about a National Labor Council where basically you had, uh, you know, sort of like a coalition of people all over the country that basically kind of work in concert? And a lot of people talk about the prospect of trying to get some type of a general strike going. Well, I think the only way something like that could happen is if there are organizing, you know, leadership, you know, people 
in all different parts of the country. You need a social safety net that we don't have. That's why you can't strike here because you can't live. You right. can strike in other countries big, and still live. Yeah. The biggest difference between our ability to strike in other countries is healthcare, which is tied mm-hmm. to employment. Yep. That's, that's the number one issue, which is why Medicare for all is like the thing that they're going to fight tooth and nail to the end of time. Because once you untether healthcare to your job, people, you know, it's one thing for me to say, uh, I'll struggle for a while, but it's another thing for me to say, my kid won't have healthcare for a while. Right. You know, that's a, that's a huge difference. So, but I I do think, um, to your, to your question, um, like a working party or is that what you mean? Like to have a, like a working people's party na- well, no, at a national we need a level? Labor party. A we labor need a labor party. party. We don't have a labor party. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right now you're going to have so many roadblocks regarding, you know, this whole third party movement that a lot of people think is the pathway forward. And I'm, I'm not saying that I don't think that it has merit. It, you should certainly fight for it as best you can. But we need a rabid outside movement that yeah. really has nothing to do with electoral politics. I think if it had really everything to do with labor, collective bargaining, living wage, universal health care, environmental standards, that type of stuff, I think, can unify the most amount of people significantly. And, yeah. you know, for people who don't want us caught up in, let's say, Ukraine and then next it'll be Taiwan and, you know, God knows what else. If you have a national labor council that has the ability to literally shut down the economy and say this military industrial complex thing, this is over. Like you're not going to force our hand to continue to pay for these wars when in reality we don't have a leg to stand on for our own rights here in the country. So to me, I think that would probably go over very well. And my experience like I said, you know, just talking with somebody who was a huge Trump DeSantis supporter, but believes in those policies, you know, that's one of many people I've spoken to that feel the same way. Uh, and everyone who's like, well, how could you support them? They're not pro-labor. Yeah, neither are the Democrats. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I yeah. think your idea has a lot of merit. I mean, it just comes down to the devil in the details for sure, because like who sets up that board? So like, you know, does uh, city city group sets it up? I mean, you know, this is-, well, this is- I- this is, Mark, you know, Marty this, is, Walsh. <laughs> this is the problem with it is, yeah. is how we get there. And you, if you, you know, no, if somehow we pass some, it, it, some it ballot be, initiative or yeah, it know. can't be one person. Like, for example, one person who I would definitely have on that council would be Chris Smalls. Like he would right. definitely need yeah. to be one of several. But it has to be comprised of rank and file people. Yeah. yeah. Um, so and, so I think yeah. the only way you get anywhere near something like that is massive striking First, to make that a demand to create this council somehow, right. or you know, but until we have pressure on them to have any inclination to cave to a smidge of public pressure, which they don't have right now. I mean, we're seeing more of it. They're seeing labor. That's why they're fighting labor so hard. That's why right. Biden's commissions, his his negotiating commissions, are all siding with uh, the with CEOs. The, the, yeah, yeah, you know, so. But I mean, people are seeing that the unions, uh, there's more people are seeing that strikes actually can work. They're seeing that they don't have to stand, they can stand up to their union leaders like the the train strike potentially. Um, so, you know, those examples will lead to something. But if you're going to get to uh, uh, what you were suggesting, Peter, we have to have bigger victories first. And that has to be like, that won't be created in any any sort of even pretense of fairness until it's, 
under massive pressure from something we already, we already exerted our power to get there kind of way. Right. Yeah, I agree. And I think though, and one of the biggest obstacles is so we're, we're just sitting here watching this video about 48,000 people on strike, but I don't think that's being covered in mainstream media. I'm yeah. pretty sure CNN's not like on the ground covering that. Right. And so it's hard to even garner generalized public support for labor when you never even hear about it or see it. And they do a very good job at stifling that information. So like, yeah. I mean, we try to counter it, but we're very small. And, um, right. but I think the more people that see that and understand what's going on will be supportive of those movements. And it's just I, a matter of people don't know that that's yeah. even happening. And it's always framed like, well, classes are going to be canceled and the cafeterias will be shut. You know, it's always right. like how it's going to affect people. And they're never talking about it's because of what the CEOs and the regents at the universities are doing, right? Like it's never framed that way. It's always framed the workers are holding out and it's going to, there's going to be a slowdown if the railway goes on strike before Christmas. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen to all your Christmas presents as, as opposed to why don't we pay them a living wage and give them their time off and get, you know, it's never framed that way by corporate media. Well, the corporate media does a great job of pretending that Joe Biden is something that he isn't. He, Biden's greatest failure as president is labor. I mean, that is his greatest failure. I mean, he's had. Oh, I don't know. I think foreign uh, policy is up sure. there. No, I agree. I, yeah. I, I, I've got a list. I've got a healthcare. List. I mean, I'm going to throw COVID out there. Yeah. Healthcare but, and yeah. COVID are like. It, he's a disaster. I would say on the domestic side for sure. But there are people who are. Re- I What's mean, the one good thing he did? Uh, what? One good thing that I really- out of Afghanistan? No, Ketanji Brown-Jackson. Oh, Ketanji Brown-Jackson on the Supreme Court. That's the only thing so far. I'm waiting waiting to see how she votes on stuff because she's still pretty like in corporate, in in the pockets of the corporate She might, that might be, but I'm just happy that we have a public defender on our Supreme Court. I agree, I agree. And I, and I, she actually is from Miami and she was a classmate of somebody that I grew up with down here. And like, she definitely is the real deal in terms of like really coming from a vulnerable place. And really, she really is that person. They clearly put her on there to check a box, no question. Whatever. But if she does well, then that's what matters. But the box that mattered to me was public defender. I don't yeah. care. Like that is a huge thing. We've never had that before. So I was pleased There's with that. Hope and, with that. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I also, I mean, I'm very leery. I'm very not trusting of that because yeah. I don't, yeah. I think it's almost impossible to get vetted that deep into the situation unless they can own you for corporate interests. Wasn't there some, maybe social like, issues she could be better on, but I mean, I just yeah. think like you're not going to get that Martin far down the pipeline. Unless, yeah. Yeah. You know. This also gets back to the big issue of people uh, not wanting to form coalitions with people that they may not necessarily agree with. You see, you have to accept the fact that a significant portion of the working class has been pushed over to the GOP. That's just where they feel at home. It's not a question of whether they agree with their policies. It's just that for their philosophy, they just subscribe to whatever's being espoused by the likes of Trump and DeSantis. That doesn't mean that they believe that women shouldn't have the right to choose. It doesn't right. necessarily mean that they don't believe in a living wage. It doesn't necessarily mean, quite frankly, one of the biggest things that I do see on the right, uh, you know, Jen has been on a number of shows, whether it was Tim Poole, Michael Knowles, uh, these guys are like rapidly anti-war, like very civil libertarian, yeah. and they hate, when I say hate, they hate Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy. Like they really do. Right. 
And so their and their solution is not Rick Scott, just to be fair. Right, right. Uh, but for them, they Voldemort. they're cut. We're, we're in a situation, as you always like to say, we don't have a party of labor in this country. If we did, things would look a lot different politically. We have two corporate parties that answer to management and only management. Yeah, that's what we got to change. And I don't care which freaking party it comes in at this point. Well, I think people also go to the right look. And I've said this a thousand times. We're having a revolution, people. It's happening. It's moving slower than I than I was hoping, but we're having a revolution. And the reality is you're going to either see it on the right or you're yeah. going to see it on the left and you're not going to beat the right from the center. That's right. not a thing. So right. that's like people don't like this fascist populist uprising on the right. Well, then you better get behind the populism on the left, because yeah. that's the only thing we have to do. And as soon as I feel like I really was hopeful at that meeting last night that anybody, anybody would make that connection. And yet, no, no, no. They're so much more comfortable with fascism than they are with the left. I mean, they just are. They like authoritarianism and they're willing to forego their liberty for their safety. And those who forego liberty for safety deserve deserve neither. neither. Right. (laughs) I I just, my thing is, I don't think we need to frame this as unifying the left and right. I mean, I think we just, we focus on issues. You keep it on labor, you know, but that doesn't mean like I have to like, you know, form some partnership with some anti-abortion person, or I have to like some COVID denier. I don't have to get along with them. You know, we can all be, we don't have to be enemies, but like this idea that we need this, like we all have to sit in the room and agree is bullshit. We need to just, you know, you can, you can you work together without working together. That are going to help to those like, people. Like, yeah. Yeah, I think I that, mean, but I think it's a class war. And the sooner that people war. understand yeah. that it's a class war and stop fighting on the side issues, that's where we actually have a chance to do something. That's what I meant. That's yeah. what we're like. Forget you can be, you go to a union strike and you're out there marching with them, you'll have Bernie supporters and Trump supporters marching in the same line. That's neither here nor there. That's a political theater. Um, and it's until the people the, yeah. who want to know. Is this union person supposedly that I'm marching with supporting Donald Trump? Well, if he is, then I don't want to have anything right, to do right. with it. Right, right. And that's that's the problem. And I it is definitely worse on the left. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we have to get through. And so as we wind down the conversation, obviously want to get your thoughts on 2024, what you guys ultimately see happening. I think it's painfully oh. obvious on the right that it is Trump oh. versus the Panther. <laughs> is there anything? That, do you guys honestly think Joe is going to run again? And if he does, is he actually going to have a challenger of some kind? Because I can already see the, you know, the consultant class of the Democratic Party chirping at the, at the top of their lungs that, oh, there's going to be no primary against Joe. And that's that. So well, what do you guys in, yeah, think? it was really interesting that the week before the primaries, there was there were many op eds written in. Uh, legacy media about how it was time for Joe possibly to step down. They were being more forthcoming about his gaffes and his mental acuity and all that. Right. And, and then as soon as we didn't, we, not me, whatever, they didn't get shellacked as hard as they thought they would. Uh, then there was, you know, one thing after another, Joe Biden's the right man at the right time. He was right about everything. He's so like, now they're all, cause he already beat Trump once. He's the only man who could do it again. Um, I don't know if, I mean, this is horrible to say, and I don't wish anybody's demise. I, it doesn't, he, he looks like he's declining quite rapidly right now. 
Uh, I can't imagine that he will be able to really have any kind of robust, you know, put forward any sort of like robust uh, campaigning in 2024. That's two years away. Kamala is a train wreck. So, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. What about Mayo Pete? Don't forget Uh, Mayo Pete. All right. So back to conspiracy 2020. Yeah. I mean, I I just think back to what we were thinking then. And my thought was uh, Biden taps out in early 2023. Kamala becomes president. Kamala, she can step away and not run on Biden's record because the country's so fucked on Biden's record and Biden can't win on his own record. So she's in her own, you know, but she'll get challenged and probably lose. I mean, if, if she got challenged, she would lose. The one thing we know about her is. Who would challenge like her? Kamala Gavin Harris. Newsom? Yeah. Newsom would challenge That's her. I, would I mean, uh, I mean, in that race, I don't, does Bernie get in? I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't even want to talk about supporting or not supporting Bernie, but. I don't think he will. But I but see like, it as a Newsom DeSantis, like East versus West media circus. Like it'll be like the greatest thing. It'll be like Hunger Games level, like the, television. Because he's the, already doing like just, ads down there, right? Oh, DeSantis? Newsom, no, no, Newsom oh, okay. didn't he run some ads down in he did. Florida? He ran, a, yeah. he ran some ads against DeSantis. Yeah. yeah but I think that really to, well. to Lila's point, I, I really think they, uh, just like in 2020, they didn't want to really run Biden, but now they were sort of stuck with Biden. Like nothing else was fucking working. They threw, they threw Buttigieg, Kamala, blah, blah. He was way down on the fucking list. And it all started with, with the press in the same tone they're using now, or we're using before the midterms and saying, we need to move on somebody else. It's not right. And then they're like, Oh no, this is all we got. And I think the Democrats are just so, so, stuck in their ways and don't care if they win enough that they're probably going to run Biden again. We're probably looking at Biden. If he makes it. If he makes it. And I I actually was originally thinking what you were thinking too, Pat, about the Kamala thing. Like my thought is, but they got to wait till he gets past the halfway mark. Otherwise it would count as her first term. So you got to get to where it wouldn't count as her first term. But, and the only way that she would even be considered, I think, in that as in a primary is as an incumbent. Like I think right. otherwise there would be nothing. She like, couldn't she, win. She, no, well, she couldn't it. win anyway, yeah. but I don't even think she'd be viable if she weren't an incumbent. Yeah. Wasn't, isn't she like a 4% versus DeSantis at uh Oh, no, 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 no. Hold on. Well, let's be fair. I mean, we have this wonderful, wonderful group called Florida Politics down here, and they have shown two polls that show Kamala beating DeSantis in the presidency. So in Florida? In yeah. Florida? No, no, no. In the country. Like nationwide. In the country. She'll beat DeSantis. Oh, yeah. That'll no, happen. No, please do it. Do it. She wouldn't have gotten. Pete, if Mayo Pete's the candidate, the GOP gets 35 states. Yeah. If Kamala is the candidate, the GOP will get 40 states and I'll put money on it. Yeah. Because that's what will happen. The country is getting sick of this shit. I'm <laughs> yeah. telling you, they're Kamala really, they're really waking so up to funny. it. But I, I really don't know. If, I don't if think she could even beat him in California. Uh, I, I think gonna, you're right. I'm not giving, uh, I'm not giving up California. Not doing she that. Could, don't, she could beat him here, but that's it. That's it. Uh, I don't California. know. Look at how close it was between DeSantis and Karen Bass. 
I mean, DeSantis, what's his name? Caruso and Karen Bass. And like, it's not like Kamala was great for you guys out there. It's no. not like she, there's a lot of love for her out in California. Nobody and all those all. vote blue, no matter who types, who love the Lincoln Project, who are already pushing DeSantis, they'll, you know, I could see them all getting on board with DeSantis. But I know going, Democrats that voted for him. But but as you said, as you as we've all said, this is a class war. So when somebody says, I like the Lincoln Project, I'm like, wait, so you like Rick Wilson and and Steve Schmidt? Yep, like they do. Two of the biggest consulting, grifting scumbags in all of politics. It sounds War like criminals. Sort of like yep. a, like a love them. duo. Sounds like and a they, had, they had like multiple scandals about oh, yeah. what they were doing with their money. I mean, it it's just all out in the open. And, Rick's, not- and Rick Wilson is like one of the biggest bigots out there. It's like oh, a yeah. record with things that he said. My God. It, and when... I love it's like when we were there last night and they're complaining, oh, you old cis white men. And I'm thinking, uh, no, I would think no, like Scott kind of, I mean, Rick Wilson kind of falls under that category. You know, she, I say that, of course, I mean, I'll take it. I meet the criteria. <laughs> but I think a lot of people don't like that. It's the people. That's what I call the overwoke. It isn't that yeah. your principles are wrong. It's that your approach is sanctimonious and insufferable. And it really pushes people away, even though you're you're you know, your message might actually be correct. Like nobody wants to, in the middle of a meeting, you don't need to point out, well, other than all the straight white males, all of us, like, (laughs) it's it's just like, it's so gratuitous in so many cases that it's such a turnoff, even though you're right on the issues. That's what I'm saying. Who who are you like? I'm thinking like, who are you like address? I'm trying like. How can you forget who who mentioned about straight white males? No, no, no. I know that. What I'm saying is, is that like, who are you? Who were you trying to win over with that statement? I guess yeah. I'm simply I'm simply saying that what's turning people off in a lot of cases to left what they perceive as left politics are the people that they see as sanctimonious and overwoke. And that is why people like Ron DeSantis is able to get Democratic votes, because the perceived people in the Democratic Party are a huge turnoff and it's also, to regular people. How do you not see that? I don't know. I, I think I really think what's missing is. Economic issues. Forget about yeah. the woke stuff. Forget about that. Like, forget about what is keeping people from like what will attract people. What will yeah. attract people? Like, that's how you. That's how you avoid getting into excluding these people or not including these people. You just attract people. Attract people yeah. with policy. Attract people with healthcare. Attract people with what fifteen dollars minimum wage. wage. Attract people yeah. with, yeah. You know things that will benefit yeah. their life, and and that's how you do it. You don't need to care about. Woke I mean, I think not. the problem like, is, is that so many Democrats, establishment Democrats, they're, the woke is all it is. It's not actually trying to lift up all people who are marginalized. It's saying we got one and she's on the Supreme <clears throat> Court. We got one and she's oh, the head the of the CIA. Of we got right obvi- yeah, so like, I, identity I, politics. Yeah. So I think that's the thing that's so off-putting. But I always, and I know I'm not saying you guys don't feel this way, but like, you know, I think there is a movement among some establishment Democrats that like we have to let go of all the woke language. And to me, it's not so much the woke language. It's the the tokenism and not doing any material politics. It's only Mm -hmm. talking about we got one person here who's also making a million dollars a year, but she happens to be black, you know, and like that that is not movement building on any level. (laughs) 
Yeah. Well, and I, I don't think it's, you know, unusual that at the same meeting, when we have people like gratuitously making identity comments, you will also notice that throughout the entire meeting, nobody spoke of any substantive anything that they were right. offering uh, as I, part I, of the I, I, I did. Besides you. Oh, and I don't count. You count, but they don't, they don't like us. They kind of give us the stink eye when we walk in anyway. But like, there's no, when they're sitting there and they're arguing about how to best message to the Latino community. And I'm thinking, I don't know, how about offering them healthcare and a living wage? That might go a long way, but no. They want to say Latinx. They want to talk about how to package their garbage and sell it as opposed to actually offering something real. Right. Um, But that's, neither party is offering anything real. Exactly. But at least what the Republicans do for these people who are moving from Democrats to Republicans is they, they name a culprit, right? And so that makes people who are suffering feel a little better as disgusting as it is, right? I think Trump just gave a speech last week when he was talking about the infestation happening in this country. I mean, it was like lifted from a Hitler speech. Um, It was totally an infestation. The people came here. He's disgusting. Oh, wow. That's really good and atrocious. Here we go. We'll (laughs) reopen the show. You know, you're really really attractive lady, but you're not as attractive as Melania, so I can only talk to you from a distance. But believe me when I tell you, there are a lot of problems in this country, and we're going to solve them all. We are making America great again. Again. And I'll tell you how we're going to do it. We are totally going to take on the insider trading. That's going away. We are totally. Uh, you, inf- you are in violation of the emoluments clause. We've had this discussion before. Yes, but you I, want I, to get but rid I was of that. O- but I was only in violation because I was exposing the truth about our system. That's oh what God. I was. Doing. I can't go through this with you again today. And we are totally implementing term limits, especially on your senator Diane uh. Fosselstein. She's totally got to retire. Can't can't stay there anymore. And what we're also going to do is we're going to name it Trump America. It's a great name. It'll totally take off. And that Ron just sanctimonious, the totally terrible person who was taking my thunder. He doesn't earn it. He never did. I made him governor and that's it. So we're coming back in 24. Just wanted to give you a heads up in case you had any other plans. It's Trump America forever. Oh, Get used to it. Go away. Oh my God. I want to see uh, Sarah Nelson Take mm. him down. She would and be Stephanie great. Kelton. Like they could, they could. That would be a winning team. And Nina Turner. Get the three of them together, and that's actually a really good group of people. I actually right like there. the idea. Sarah of Nelson. Sarah, Sarah Nelson and Nina Turner. Yeah, that's not a that. That's a powerful ticket right there. All right, I'm going to have to forward this to Nina. We're talking about you. Yeah. That. Hello, somebody. Let's do it. Yeah. She's special, and I. It bothers me because. It's like such a missed opportunity that people just, they don't know what they're looking for or looking at, but they miss this amazing opportunity, which I believe things happen for a reason. And she's where she needs to be for whatever reason she needs to be there. But it's so unfortunate for the people of Cleveland. It really yeah, is. It really um, is. It's, it's I just thought you were talking new- about TYT. <laughs> and is she going to reform TYT? Come on, Nina. I mean, what? Oh, uh, no, I don't. I mean, that. That's neither here nor there, but any platform where she gets her voice out is good. Like I don't, she doesn't, what she says is what's true for her. And I think wherever, however many people can hear that is better. Um, But yeah, she's awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Definitely. I love love being a bit. Yeah. How could you not? But TYT, I mean, who was it they had on for election night? Who was it? Uh, Matt Gates. uh, Matt Gates. What the fuck was TYT 
dancing with the Matt Gates on. What Listen, is they're all in for Caruso. So what's it's a it's a small I, hop, skip, and a jump. What what, so, I, wow. what what I think is kind of I don't want to say it's glorious, but it's just kind of watching it in real time, just watching how Jenk is it's all about the money for him. It's yeah. not about the movement. And yeah. so when you see what he's willing to do for a pay for a paycheck, it's gross. It's, it's disgusting. Yeah. I, we're not we're not going to talk about you know who, but no. You know, the one thing he was right about was that Jank did sell out TYT, and he did. And it's unfortunate that that's what he chose to do because yeah. he Jank really had an amazing opportunity yeah. after the 2016 primary to really bring in millions of people who saw, you know, how the primary was stolen from Bernie. When anybody talks about a stolen election, there's one stolen election in this country: Bernie Sanders. 2016 primary was stolen from Hillary Clinton by Debbie Wasserman Schultz and the like, who made sure that he couldn't win. So at that time, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, he definitely could have gone very far with it. And he chose to take Katzenberg's money. And once that happens, it's, you know, don't ever expect it to be the same again. It's now you his but, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. But that's why we got to stick together. That's and that's right. why you guys came on this evening. And Thank I'm sure, you so much for having yeah. us on. Oh, yeah. No, we loved like it's so it's so easy to talk and just keep yeah. the conversation flowing when it's people sort of that are not just on your team, but are in the same mission. Like we're trying to just inform people this is what's going on. And I think that the more we connect those people is builds a stronger coalition. Absolutely. And you guys are on the mission. You guys are on our mission. <laughs> when do you guys live stream? Let yeah, everybody talk know. about your show. Um, thank you. So we, I, I keep seeing how red my face is. We just had our show right before we came on to you guys. Five to six, uh, Punch Up Pod with Lila and Pat every Wednesday, five o'clock Pacific time, eight o'clock Eastern time. And, you know, like you guys, we talk about the, the topics of the week and uh, we take them very seriously, but... We like to have some fun while discussing them, so we drink heavily and uh, just try to, you know, get get through the night. It's on YouTube, and it's on YouTube, right? On YouTube, yep. Yeah, okay, because it's called the Punch Up Pod, but it's on YouTube show, so you get the video as well. I know people like the video portion it, of things. There is video, and then we're also on the uh, just the audio comes out on uh, iTunes on Thursday. Very cool. Mm. So guys, check out Punch Up Pod. Definitely subscribe. Um, Pat, you working on any new little graphic novels, anything going on? I don't have the uh, energy for parody anymore. <laughs> it's just, it's so hard to, to want, like making people laugh is, uh, I don't know. I, you, have, you have to laugh yourself. So I'm like waiting a little bit, but maybe, maybe so. But um, Peter Dow, people on the left is now <laughs> on our side. I was a yeah. big part of mocking him into joining us. Good. So, uh, what was the name of that? There's, Peter there's Douche. Value. Peter Douche. One day we want to get him on our show. So, That's if you guys can help make that happen, anyone watching, tell Peter Dow he needs to come on Punch Up Pod. Make that the new go on. Uh, what's what was this show? Go on uh, Chapo. Go on Chapo. One person, one person does want to say hello before you go. Oh my God. He can't help himself. And then I plus, yes, so. we get little clips for our little mini clips. Well, <laughs> I just wanted to come on here. Oh, that's Bernie. Amo. You really do an amazing job with your show. So I just wanted to come on here and acknowledge the fantastic work that you've done in California. You really did a great job helping our campaign in 2016 and 2020. 
I don't know what's going to happen in 2024. My good friend Joe is probably going to run again. Joe's not your friend, no, Bernie. He's, he's, he's not a friend. He's, a friend. he's not anybody. I don't have a lot of friends on Capitol Hill. Because you're grumpy. So I want to just acknowledge the punch-up part. If you haven't checked it out, go over there on YouTube. <laughs> it's a really great show. Very entertaining. And appreciate all that you guys have done. Uh, keep fighting the good fight. We definitely need you out there. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, you guys. You're awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Have a good one. You too. Appreciate Take you guys. Cheers, all. Cheers. Be well. Thanks. So entertaining as, uh, as we can be. Um, but you know what? I, I agree in a lot of ways with what Pat said. It's like, what is there to really laugh at right now? I don't know. It's a good point. I laugh at everything. Well, I have to. I have to. I had to like the people last night that were serious at the meeting. I, I had to go home and laugh at that too. Like it's it's you you really you can't make this shit up. Like sometimes I really feel like I'm in like this bizarro universe where it's like up is down and left is right and everything. It's like weird things. I don't want, you know, again, the only person that we really call out by name here in Broward County is Dan Reynolds because he really is part know, of the problem, guys. He is impeding progress. And again, we're talking about a labor movement. And if we're going to have any of those changes, you know, we're not really going to have it, um, you know, unless, um, you know, we're doing what is necessary. And so last night, it was an experience to just see kind of the things that people will say and do. Mm. Um, but one person in particular, who I won't name, but let's just say is a big part of the problem in terms of just being in the way. Uh, doesn't have a lot of power, but it's just one of those people that is on the Broward DEC and decides to- I so let, wish I could say who it was. Basically because... let people know that that person's been there for almost 30 years and nothing's going to change. And because deal they, with it. They, yeah, and deal with it is the exact words that they use. That's his answer. And this person is a massive Wasserman Schultz sycophant, always has been. And uh, when a young gentleman- who we're hopeful will probably get on the podcast. We're going to cross pollinate with this young guy, 17 years old. He stood up and gave them a what for. So when he was speaking, that gentleman decided to do this. Uh-huh. It was turned, so. Turned his back to him. He does that though. This guy is an arrogant, like he is just such a piece of work. Um, but I was inspired by the kid and it did give me some hope that we do have some people that we could possibly work with, um, was it Jaden? Jaden. Jaden. Shout D'Onofrio. out to Jaden D'Onofrio. Great young man. Um, so obviously, as you guys know, we have to plug our business because how else are we going to eat? Uh, go to Patreon. Okay, go to patreon.com forward slash generational change for as little as five dollars a month. You can become an exclusive member funding our show. And we do some really awesome things here. What are we doing? We, well, for one, I can give you most recently is we made our Thanksgiving donation to Mobile School Pantry. So a very well-deserving organization. Yeah. So that's one of the regular ones that we donate to, but all of our money goes to service yes. and community things and projects and local um, on the ground organizing that is helping people. Um, we do not support the party financially. I will not give them a dime. Um, I won't go to their functions. I will not support them anyway. I have to be registered as a Democrat to function in the County. But um, just be aware that none of our money, none of our stuff is in any way affiliated with um, Democratic politics. But if you are feeling a little bit more generous, you have the Mansion Parliamentarian and Lulu sticker for anybody who becomes a $10 a month patron. 
We all know that a little trinkets like these really make a difference. And of course, everyone would like them. So $10 a month will get you those two wonderful items. But if you are feeling super, super generous and would like to be a $25 a month patron, you will get the Tri-Blend Soft as... Oh my God. Soft as cotton It's just, be. it's a nice shirt. But anyway, guys, it's the nice Here Comes the Sun jersey. Um, How about the fact that Trump danced to Here Comes the Sun? I didn't know that, but but... We are in the process of- He like, must be, they really must be watching the show. Be on the lookout because the Here Comes the Sun is going to now be part of our, at some point of our new intro. And oh, it's yeah. going to be, yeah. And it's going to be uh, my my son playing Here Comes the Sun. So well, there'll be really no cool. copyright issues whatsoever. Ah, but if you guys are not feeling like you want to put your credit card on file with our podcast, you can always go to Cash App, dollar sign, Gen Change, and make a direct contribution that way, if you're so inclined. And we would very much appreciate if you would be. So with that said, we, of course, are always very appreciative of our one, but hopefully more to come. Small but small, mighty. mighty. Small business sponsor, in this case, Apex Insurance Agency in Delray Beach, Florida, home, auto, life insurance. Anytime you support a small business, you're supporting the local community. Yes. And Lord knows you might be getting better rates than you would at any of the big box companies. You got to so tell them Jen and Pete sent you. Give them a call. You might be surprised. You might get the best <laughs> rates. And it is the holiday season. So now is the time to call. And open enrollment is right now. So you definitely want to give them a call. There you go. It is a really unfortunate um set of circumstances, though, where we kind of feel that, you know, I mean, look, we weren't really expecting much by going to the DEC event last night. No, I had We were hoping that there would at least be some positives. And, and there was, because that the kid stood out. We met this young gentleman who was great. Um, you know, we have some friends in the room, um, but- We have a lot of, of secret friends in the room. I also want to give a shout out. He's, I well, he is subscribed to the show now, um, but if he does hear this, um, just know, John Ziegler, you really did an amazing job. Yeah, this is this is somebody who is what I call a real Democrat and actually supports the concept of democracy and is just trying to 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 live like the party should be. And when all the other people were sitting there and bitching about fundraising, we can't. And he stood up and he really yelled at them and he said, it isn't about the money. It's about having a ground game. It's about local, 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 and being on the ground and talking to people. And, and, and it's true. And I will say for Peter and me, um, we, we really did have a successful venture in terms of who we campaigned for. And we campaigned for two particular candidates locally um, in nonpartisan races. And we're, both of our candidates won because if you have a ground you. game- yeah. And you, you can't stretch yourself too thin, which a lot of people do. They're like, oh, I'm going to help this person and that person. No, you got to be strategic. You got to know who can actually win, who has, or at least has a chance at winning, not somebody who's definitely going to win. It's like getting involved with a campaign that's going to win by 20 points. Oh, look, right. I got to, no, 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 no. No, you, you, we definitely We're strategic. But we help candidates that are on the same mission. And viable. And if you and another thing that we didn't talk about when we were going through that county magazine of look at all of our accomplishments were the amount of canvassing teams that canvassed for candidates that lost. And that and those are the candidates that they put the money and the resources into, even though in a couple of the cases there was, there was no, no chance. chance. No chance. And 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 so when they make choices like that, they like I went after that meeting, I'm just like, these are not serious people. They're just not serious people. 
they're like condo commandos sitting in their own little fiefdom and just in their own echo chamber. But But shout out to John Ziegler. Yes. But this all comes back to Debbie. It all comes back to Debbie because she's the boss. She's been the boss for over a generation. And she's literally running the Florida Democratic Party into the ground. Well, she did it at the national level. Mm -hmm. And then she has done it at the state level. And to some extent, it's even trickled down to the county. Like she's really done a number on the party. And yet they meet and they don't even discuss this. Like they don't discuss. They they all want to blame the chairman. But again, the chairman is is only there there. (laughs) because of Debbie and Michael Bloomberg. That's why. Michael Bloomberg bought our party. Yeah. It was for sale. This is what I think. This is what I what what's so fascinating to me when the treasurer was reading the report for their and the treasurer, by the way, shout out to Andy Mattis because he's a really good guy. Awesome guy. And um, he's a labor guy. And so mm-hmm. he's definitely somebody that we like a lot. With the rare exception of pretty Him. much Dan Reynolds, with the rare exception, there are, there's a lot of good oh. labor oh, for sure. minded people here in Broward. Yeah. They're just their answer. But this is what I was thinking when he was reading the treasurer's report and we're listening to their money. And I'm thinking we, we raised more money than that in a month than they raised all year when we were making money on our campaign. And I'm thinking they're sitting there saying that they can't raise money. They can't raise money. Here's why. And this is something that I want to say to, especially like, cause Lourdes was talking about the importance fundraising. You got to raise money. If you give something that people want to donate to, if you fight for people and you give them something to feel like inspired by, the money will come from them. There's a reason that we were able to raise money. It's because we were trying to do things that people wanted done. We were offering a product. We were offering service. Maybe if you all got out there and served the community instead of serving yourselves and having barbecues and patting yourselves on your back and taking pictures at your canvassing events. That's not going to get new voters. Serve the community. And you're losing voters. service. It's like, it's so not complicated. And guess what? You'll raise money if you do it that way. Good God. And, And it's like, the fact that we were able to outraise them, it's not even hard. It's not even hard. And they act like we just don't have the money and we got to run the back because you suck. Nobody wants to give money to that. God damn it. So, yeah, you rely on a handful of wealthy people like Michael Bloomberg and you have your treasurer having to go beg unions to, to, to get enough money to keep you afloat for the next few months because you can't get donations from people because you have nothing that anybody wants to support. That's why. And you can't put enough lipstick on that pig. You need new blood. Ah, uh, Big time. And you really need it down here. In the central part of the state, you've got two really solid political leaders in Maxwell Frost and Anna Eskamani. Let's do a challenge. Let's do a challenge in the new year. Let's do a challenge. I will do a one-month challenge with the Broward DEC to see who can raise more money, like them or our organization. I want to see how much fundraising I can do in a month compared to you guys and, and show you just how pitiful it is that you can't do that. But I digress. It really wouldn't even be hard. Uh, <laughs> so ridiculous. New Year's Eve mashup on current. What do we have? Lana, here? I don't know what this is, but send us information if you could. Careboroughs. I don't know what that is. I don't know what it is either. Yeah. Send us. Some, yeah. Tell us what you're talking about. So on Monday. Sounds interesting. Ooh, what do we have? Phil Agnew coming on the show. Uh, Yet to decide if we're going to do anything uh, the day prior to Thanksgiving, but we'll see. 
Um, and that is going, I am considering this part of my deconstructing Zionism series because Phil, when I originally had reached out to him or when Peter reached out to him most recently to come on, it was to talk about um, the Zionism issue and the connection between that and um, the black liberation movement. Mm. So I am going to tag it as part of that conversation because that is definitely something that Phil is very active and involved in and has a lot to say on. And so I think it'll be an important thing. Yeah. And we're also going to have Sean Fitzgerald uh, of the Who's actual that? justice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He will be coming on. I always either, forget his real name. Yes. He'll be coming on either Monday, the 28th or uh, Wednesday, the 30th. Uh, so that's when he'll be on. Uh, we have a number of other guests that are going to be coming on the show as we go forward. So we're kind of lining up the party. Uh, we will have our annual uh Festivus, which uh, we're going to have. Well, now we can call it annual, right? Because it's the second one. Yes. Just, you know, there can never be a first annual. And any 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 editor or journalism person knows that and they cringe when they see that. I'm just letting you know, even though Festivus is on the 23rd, it is Friday. So we'll do it um, on the 21st, which is, of course, the first. Wait, 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 wait. We're going to have to discuss. No, 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 no. We have to discuss that. We'll have to discuss that because that's the solstice. And I have a solstice. So we're going to have to talk about that. It's the winter solstice is the 21st. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, normally uh, people don't want to do a podcast on Friday night, but if we have to, I guess we will. Uh, Are you starting to line up people for the Festivus? I haven't even started yet, but I will. Uh, I want to get, definitely want to get Jordan and Grumbine. uh, Oh, for sure. You know, we should get Mike Fettuccini. Yes. 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 (laughs) We'll definitely get Mike. He's gonna laugh. That's so. I funny. think what we I think what we should do is we should try to bring together as many people that are sharing the mission of what we're fighting for. Yeah. On that particular day. Okay. So I think we should just keep with. it to content creators. Yeah, I would say that's probably fair. That's what we should do. Okay. And I think they would enjoy it, and I think it'll be very informative. So. Hit the like button, subscribe, share, do all those wonderful things that we ask you to do constantly. We really hope you enjoyed the conversation tonight. President Trump obviously graced us with his presence. Oh, Scott, Anna uh, Kasparian probably hates me because of me calling her out at one point. So I don't I don't think she'd come on, and I'm pretty sure she wouldn't come on bare ass. So sorry. So anyway, Festivus for the rest of us, CK, as you know. Uh, we will have lots the of fun. airing of grievances. We will. We will have the airing of grievances, although my favorite one with airing of grievances was Kevin Gastola. He was the best. That was that I think was my favorite airing of grievances. We are going to have Jessica Burbank. In fact, she might be a good person to have on um, on uh, Festivus as well. I um, don't know who that is. Well, she's. Uh, I think she's on TYT. Uh, but we'll see. Does she play in our sandbox? I think so, for the most part. I mean, I think she identifies as a socialist anyway. So probably be, make for an interesting conversation. Uh, but we hope you guys enjoyed. You can identify as a socialist. You're born what you're born with. It's mm. biology. Do we want to bring, do we want to ask Vosh to come on on that? Or do we want to have like a separate show? I think we should separate show. No, but it's, I don't know. We could, I, I could go either way. He's definitely somebody that it's fun to have like pop on and, and have some commentary on a festivus. Like, but we could definitely have him at a certain time period. Yeah, that's true. We could definitely coordinate and have him at a certain time period and maybe like allocate Nina, a certain amount of time because he's Nina, way fun. Maybe have Nina come on for the festival. Right. Well, and now the truth is Nina's a content creator, so that's valid. Yeah, that's true. Right. That's true. So there you go. Well, so now there's the crossover appeal. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. We'll work on it. We'll see you Monday, guys.
Yeah, Vosh, Vosh. Thanks for watching. If you want to support our mission to transform politics into service, please like this video, subscribe, follow us on social media, and consider joining our Patreon, where you'll get early access to our interviews as well as other exclusive content. Links are in the description. Peace out.